This podcast is sponsored by Captain Wrigley's Starship Emporium. Hmm. What's a starship? Is the GM mixing his genres again? Well, apparently Captain Wrigley is a very handsome man and the greatest salesman in the galaxy. Whatever that is. Wait, who's that? Greetings, human. What? We come in peace. You come in peace? Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill? I'll show you shoot to kill, you witless drones. Take this fireball right in their face! <laughs> Wait, what? They were just extras for the commercial. Well, why didn't you say so? Um, do I still get paid? All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me, as always, is my co-host... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. For us, however, it's my immense pleasure to be here. You had a good week, Peter. I've had a most amazing week. Thank you very much for asking. Ooh. So, would you like to do some news on this news podcast? Mm. Nah, okay. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh, go on, then. Let's. Right. It seems a shame not to. Might as well. Yeah, go on, then. You know, it will pass the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look. What news do we have in the news? What news do we have? In the news. There's some new D&D monster cards coming. Ooh, shiny. Yes. WizKids yes. has previewed them. Um, they are from... Um, they're obviously the official license mm-hmm. holders for a lot of the... DM screens and cards and maps and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so uh, I said WizKids. I'm lying completely. It's Gale Force 9. Yes, I, I was slightly surprised. Yes. Um, but yes, Gale Force 9 are the people who've made uh, like treasure cards and some... All the monster manual card, All the monster manual monster cards. Yes. So these ones are coming out in quarter three. Ooh. Which is... Oh, Q3. Oh, okay. Oh, July, September? August, yeah. September, somewhere yeah. and then. And um, two new decks of D&D monster cards, and they are Fodder's Guide to Monsters. Nice, nice. And Mordenkainen's Tomb of Foes. Ooh, shiny. Yes, very nice. You're a fan of Demon Lords? Um, it depends. Like, do you have yeah. a favourite Demon Lord? I prefer, I prefer the original. Like The sequels tend to be a bit overrated. <laughs> if you want to 3D print your Demon Lords... Yeah. Because Morning Cannon's Termophos has a whole load of demons and demon lords. Oh, yeah. Certainly. It has like Baphomet and Demogorgon and Grast and Jublex and Orcus and all that lot. Yes. yes. A chap called Miguel Zavala okay. has um, has the blueprints. He's made blueprints for. All, he, he 3D prints all these D&D monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he puts the blueprints up on um, his website for free so you can download them. Oh, nice. Are, they, are those the paint? Uh, does he paint them as well? Yeah, presumably these are. Yeah, these are painted. Oh, but, that um, nice. yeah, yeah. So basically, he's done the same with lots of monster manual creatures and yes. things from the various adventures. He's done the Ooh. acquisitions incorporated cast. Nice. So he's done loads and loads of them. And um, you know, there's a link to his his site, and he's got all the plans for them all. But mm. Yeah. Look, so here we go. We have a we have a demogorgon there. We have a Orcus there, and there's lots, lots, lots more. Ooh. And they look really good. I don't know, I'm, I'm sort of starting to slowly come around to the way of minis. Uh, mm. I'm a man who uses like a lot of chips and tokens. Well, certainly these larger minis, though, they're just nice, they're ornamental as well. Yes, I suppose, yeah. yeah. You're looking at me like that's a weird thing. 
um, it's not something that I would want to necessarily have in my house, but I can see the attraction for many but people. But if you had a gaming room? Yes, uh, if. If. Perhaps one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how much 3D printing costs these days. I assume the prices have come down I think over it, the last few years. Well, yeah, uh, the issues with 3D printing are the initial capital cost of investing in the printer. Mm. Well, that is, as you say, coming down. Then you have the actual running cost of the printer, obtaining the plastics and so forth to use it. Mm. And there are also some concerns about how safe they are to use. Mm. Uh, like you want to use it in a well-ventilated area, for example. Uh, and then like if there, I think there's some solvents and so forth, which also require responsible disposal of. Mm. But yeah, uh, 3D printing, making models cheaper. Uh, Acquisitions Incorporated book. Huzzah! And there's some new artwork sort of popped up. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, only, only a couple of bits. Yeah, so it, this was on the Spoilers and Swag um, live stream, which Wizards of the yes. Coast does at sort of 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning or some such. So, yeah, I, so I've never seen it. A nice but, sociable um, time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you've got this uh, sort of mechanical-looking beholder here. Yeah, it's like a, if a bathosphere and a beholder had a baby. Yes. Yeah, we've got a, 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 a blue person with an easel with stuff on it, which I think is an Acquisitions Incorporated personage. I, I believe that's a drow of some description. They got white hair, a low cut top, and um, I believe it's an expression full of sass and sarcasm. Mm. And then we have, uh, we have, I guess that's the Acquisitions Incorporated headquarters because it's got a logo on the front and it's got a yeah. coming soon sign being put up there. Yeah, it's got like lizard folk and yeah. half orcs. So it's all a very cartoony way. sort of style of art. Yeah, well, has per the Penny Arcade, which yeah, is what it's based yeah, off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's Hmm. And that's coming out, what, in June, isn't it? Sometime, June yeah. the 18th, I believe. Indeed, we shall have to wait and see. Yes, yes. This is a Kickstarter. If I do this Kickstarter, that then therefore means we can't put it in the Kickstarter game. But it's done really well and it's really interesting. Is it the Lancer Kickstarter? Yes. Yeah, I'm... A, I, you knew about it already. It's it, it's sufficiently exciting for people that people are like, oh, have you seen this Kickstarter? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> right there we go. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so it describes itself as having narrative character-based stuff, mm-hmm. but tactical mech-based stuff. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's kind of two systems fused together. Yes, in some RPG kind of way. come war game. Yeah. Um, and basically like a mech warrior game, which is... Yeah, or like a battle tech game. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't really know the difference. Uh, I'm sure it's very important to many people. Daryl made a nice video about it. Did he? Mm. Oh, good. I shall go and have to look at that. <laughs> yes, does... I think he did. Yeah, I think that was his book. Yeah, he did do one. Did he do it about yeah. was it? Was it about MechWarrior versus BattleTech? Or... I think it was covered in it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, sh- I shall definitely have to go and have a look at that. Yeah. I haven't seen that. But, but that... yeah, this Kickstarter is like, doing really, really well as well. Mm. I mean, it was done like a couple of hundred thousand or something last time I looked at it, and it was only like a few days in. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be one of those good proper half million ones, maybe even better. Oh, chunky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think my big issue with it was that the price of shipping to the UK was round about the $80 mark. That's quite a lot. Uh, I'm like, mmm. Why then? Why? No. Just for a book? Yeah, yeah. That, that, as I recall, I, I was lucky. I was like thinking, oh, okay, this, this is something I could plausibly get into. That's odd. $80. That is, as I recall, I was talking to, like, one well, of my mates online, and they were saying, oh, yeah, look at this. I was, like, looking at it, like, going, oh, okay, okay. Oh, because it's by the person who does Kill Six Billion Demons, which is an amazing comic strip, which I absolutely love. It's sort of like, um, 
Hinduism meets uh, heavy metal fantasy uh, is like the closest way I can, can describe it without devolving into complete incoherent frothing fanboyism. Mm. It's a very, very, very much love that style of artwork. Mm. Uh, but yeah, like I say, um, they're throwing out $80 for shipping to the UK. I'm like, I don't particularly want a PDF that badly. I might just pick it up when it comes out. Hello, your editor Daryl here. I checked while editing and it appears that the Kickstarter has updated their shipping costs. Shipping to the United Kingdom as well as Canada, the European Union, Australia, China, Hong Kong, and Japan are all a flat $25. Domestic United States shipping is $12. Shipping to New Zealand is $27. Switzerland and Norway is $45. And the rest of the world is $51. And that is in US dollars. Um, but no, as I say, looks very exciting. Like uh, mechs moving around bit of freeform narrative outside of it, and they can concentrate on big robots hitting each other. Yeah. Which, as you know, I'm a big fan of. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek. The next news article yes. is about some Star Trek miniatures. Oh, okay. We're fairly mini-focused today. Um, yeah, so far, yeah. 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 Uh, so this is, these, these are from Modifius for yes. their Star Trek Adventures game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got two sets coming out in July. Mm-hmm. One is called Iconic Villains. Ooh. And that has Khan... The Borg Queen, yes. Q, Locutus ah. of Borg, Goldie Cat, mm. Law, mm-hmm. General Chang, and a Gorn Captain. Alrighty. And the other one is called a Landing Party. Ooh. And it's ten original series uniformed crew members, <laughs> both male and female versions of yes. an Andorian, a Denobulan, a Tellarite, um, a Vulcan officer, plus various others. Yes, uh, all wearing red shirts, I'm sure. The thing with these miniatures is they're a bit large. They're like 32 millimeter. Oh, that is a bit large. Yeah, and most yeah. of them are 28 these days. Well, that's half a mil bigger than I'd expect to see, to be honest. Odd, odd, odd choice. Four mil bigger than I'd expect to see. I'd expect to see 28. And half 32. a centimeter, yes. Half a centimeter, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're, they're quite, and you know, just in all directions. So when you stand them next to a, oh. a regular one, it actually looks quite large. Mm-hmm. And also, they come unpainted, which. Mm. Obviously, isn't a problem for most people, but yeah. I am not a miniature painter. I never will be, mm-hmm. and so therefore I don't buy unpainted miniatures. Seems legit. Okay, what do we have? We have got D and D selfie. Oh, fantastic! Do you want to talk about that? Uh, well, I, I I don't know a huge amount about it, but as I understand it, yes, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch where which I haven't seen because. Saturday Night Live, I understand, to have been a TV programme that was funny sometime in the 80s. And is also shown in the United States of America, which is where we are not. We are not in the United <laughs> States of America. That is very true. So I suppose you could pirate it or probably find it on YouTube or some, some other nefarious means, but... That, that seems like a lot of effort to go to for a sketch comedy show. Yes, it is not immediately accessible to you. No, no. Yes. And therefore, I have, I have other things to do with my time. But apparently they were, they were um, I don't know, talking trash. About role-playing gamers. How being, dare I know, being all nerdy white males. Um, and it's like, well, you know, I, I recognise that description myself. I refuse myself. to admit that I am a nerdy white male. Wait. Too late? Wait. <laughs> he says recording an actual RPG news podcast, which I think is pretty much heading for peak nerd right now. It, it's, yes. anyway. it's, it's like most nerds at least have a job that isn't doing something like that. But... Yeah. Unfortunately, my job is actually also as nerdy as my hobby. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just one giant pile of it is pretty bad, isn't right it? Right there. Uh, I mean, you can be that. Uh, you can be half nerd if you like for us. Yes. Um. So anyway. Yes, and lots of people who are like, well, actually, I play D and D, and I'm not like a geeky white man. Uh, are posting. Well, I mean, they're definitely geeks. I'm not going to deny that part of their identity. And who would accept Saturday Night Live? Who are just wrong? Uh, yeah. So people have been posting all sorts of interesting selfies, showing, yeah, look at me, check out my dice. Um, it's been like quite Dungeons and Dragons based, but yeah, that's right. I oh, hashtag D and D selfie. Yeah, pretty much. But you know, as we discussed on a previous podcast, not one week ago, that actually D and D and RPGs are much the same. And damn it. I'm not letting them still off under. And anyway, D&D is now self-aware and announces itself. D&D is watching you. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yes. Um, yeah, so um, we'll, we'll stick a link in the show notes. Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, well, apparently we're doing one ourselves. We're doing it selfie. Quick, pelt rest, pelt. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I pouted. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to regret that because that's going to appear <laughs> on the internet for all to see. Marvellous. Let's have a look. Let's have a look oh, at okay. How bad is it? it? It is super bad. Okay, here we go. I look better than you, at least. Yeah, well, uh, you do have that going for you. Uh, I'm just, like, mostly neck. <laughs> it's not an edifying selfie, but this is when you're, like, um, saying, what in the heck was that thing on Facebook? Okay, so we will have, we'll put two selfies up. Uh, one of them will be, like, the terrible duck face selfie, and that's entirely my responsibility. And the other one is one my phone decided to take, where I lifted it up to a certain angle. I didn't tell it to take that selfie. It was just, like... It heard us talking. I was like, yeah, selfie time. Oh, I'm going to put this angle. Time to take one. I'm like, okay. Shush. <laughs> yes, trust. <laughs> anyway. Uh, what else next? do we have in the news? Oh, what else do we have in the news? Uh, Catalyst Game Labs has Ooh. released several limited edition Shadowrun products celebrating <sighs> its 30th anniversary. Good times. You could have. Yes. Should you wish. Mm-hmm. A lapel pin with a Shadow One logo on it. Mm-hmm. With the XXX of the 30th anniversary. XXX being 30, of course. Yes, in Roman numerals. I am fluent in Latin. And with Est 1989 underneath, rendered in lookalike a neon design. And that will only set you back yes. $9.99. Oh, okay. That's like, I was expecting you to come out with some ridiculous number, but that's actually quite But I will sell one to you for $99.99. Well, thank you, Russ. You're a real pal. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a Shadowrun executive dice set. Oh, yeah, so. You get six Shadowrun dice. I think you need a lot more than six dice to play Shadowrun. But anyway, um, and they've got um, the classic Skull logo for the one. Perhaps they just mean six buckets. <laughs> six buckets of <laughs> dice. Yeah. And uh, uh, the current Shadowrun S logo alongside the five and six and Slaberpunk designs around the two, three, and four. Okay, then. So $29.99 for six dice. Yes. Um, or $59.99 with a limited edition carrying case for your six dice. A must-have for... People who are really into Shadowrun. So, Daryl, for one. Yes. Hi, Daryl. <laughs> uh, and finally, yes. there's a bunch of Shadowrun 5th edition source books. Ooh. They've been printed in a limited edition red faux leather for oh. 49.99 each. Oh, okay, yeah. So you can pick up Street Lethal, mm-hmm. Chrome Flesh, mm-hmm. Data Trails, mm-hmm. Forbidden Arcana, Ooh. Howling Shadows, <gasps> Kill Code, ah. Rigor 5.0, Ooh. Run Faster, ah. and Street Grimoire. 
Ooh. Sorry, I saw some fireworks going off in the distance there. So. Uh, did you say something? <laughs> um, there is a new uh, adventure for mm-hmm. um, uh, Star Trek Adventures. Mm. It is called Nest in the Dark. Ooh. And it is a PDF. Good. Uh, next Generation Era. Yes. And uh, your ship's warp drive fails. Oh, good. As you encounter an alien subspace field. Um, like, you know. Has to do. Yeah, most farms have a subspace field these days. Yeah, it reminds me of the joke about the magic tractor. Yeah. <laughs> Went down a country lane, turned into a field. Sad, really. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when, is a car, when is a car not a car when it turns into a driveway? That old chestnut. <laughs> Oh, I've actually heard that one. <laughs> anyway, um, an alien subspace field That's generated by... Right, if you guess what it is generated by, I will buy you a... Cadbury's cream egg. Cadbury's cream egg. Ah! So you've got to guess what this alien subspace field is generated by. Oh, is it a temporal anomaly? Incorrect. Ah, oh, so close. My other guess would have been some sort of subspace distortion. This is a, a, matri- a matrioshka brain. Oh, like um, one of those Russian nesting dolls, but has a brain. A networked computer system. Yes. Large enough to completely surround a star. That is not so much. All right, yeah, sure. Great stuff. Worse, though. Uh, yes, that would this be... Person. This brain is that moving... That would be a between a Dyson Sphere and a computer. I but, suppose it would, yes. And yeah. um, this brain is moving directly towards a Federation colony. Nom, nom, nom. Can you avert this imminent catastrophe? Well, if it's the size of a star... And you have a, just a spaceship. I'm going to say no. <laughs> but maybe you could talk to it nicely uh, and play a game of patty cake with it. And then it will decide that actually, you know what, space communism for the win. Hmm. Yes. <sighs> Shall we move on? Yes, let's. What do you reckon is D&D's most popular spell? Um, cure Wounds. You are correct. Yeah. Are you saying that because you saw this or are you saying it, that because... It, it came up earlier. Uh, what can I say? There's so many people who are wrong. The best spell... Healing spell is definitely healing words. Not the best spell. It's D&D's most popular spell. Okay. Well, just because it's popular doesn't mean it's right. Um, so what's happened is D&D Beyond has done one of its data export things again. Yes. And um, it's reporting what, for each class and overall, which yes. spells are the most commonly chosen. Yes. So Cure Wounds, overall, across all classes, yes. is the most commonly chosen spell. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the worst spell, but it's just... I well, one thing to bear in mind is a lot of these will skew lower level... Because characters skew lower level. There's more yeah, yeah. lower level characters than there are high level characters, so more low level oh. spells will feature in these lists. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's just so situational. You have to be like, next them, it consumes your action. Not good use of action economy. Not that you'll read about that in a Wizards of the Coast book. Hmm. So, um, we, okay. we, can, we can flip through the, uh, the different classes. You can guess which oh, ones, okay? okay? Bard. We're ignoring cantrips. I have got data for cantrips here oh. too, but... There's so much data here that I'll stick a link in the show notes for people oh. who really want to delve in. So just for spells now. Um, level spells. Bard. Bard low, low level. Um, oh, overall. Overall. Ooh, the most okay. popular, the most commonly chosen. Oh. Um, fairy fire? Uh, healing word. Oh, yes, of course. I did fairy just say fire is word. number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in the list. Okay. Um, what's number two then? After number two is cure wounds. Number three is charm person. Mm, okay. Cleric. Cleric. I'm hoping healing word. Healing word is number one, correct? Yes. yes. Marvellous. And then cure wounds. Uh, that's number three. Oh. So what's number two? Oh, bless. Guiding bolt. Guiding bolt. Bless okay. is number nine. Wow. Okay. 
that that's certainly a choice you could make. Bless bless is a really good spell. Like upcasting it at level three has not been a waste of a spell slot on my Saturday game. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Well, bear in mind this is an analysis an analysis of the yeah. potency of these spells. It's, yeah, it's who has chosen what. Yeah, so, yeah no, no, right. I can see. I can see that. Oh, okay. okay, druid. Druid. Oh, um, yeah. Healing word. No, they don't. Do they get healing word? Yes, they okay, do. Healing word. Healing word. Healing word is number two. Cure wounds is number, number one, one again. Basically, oh. if, if cure wounds is available to a class, it will probably be number yeah. one. Um, so number three then. What would number three be? Oh, I would hope for entangle. Yes. Good old Spot entangle. On. You get yeah. three points. Whoop, whoop. Uh, what about for the Paladin, as I like to call it? The Paladin. Ah, uh, uh, the Paladin. The Paladin. <laughs> the Paladin. Yeah. Anyway. It really annoys me when people call it Paladin. It's Paladin. Anyway, moving on. Uh, well, it's easy power. He's a lad. He's in there. <laughs> what can you say? Uh, so number one, obviously, is going to be Cure Wounds because it's... I now have a, bit, now have a sort of vision of Aladdin in a suit of armour, smiting evil. And really, he's a Paladin. <laughs> No, not Aladdin. Aladdin's pal, Paladin. Oh, so you're thinking the monkey? Oh, would he be adorable? You're like Superman's suit. pal, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Aladdin's pal, Paladin. Indeed. Well, this is the best joke ever. I think we should stick with it. Write it out. <laughs> That's certainly an interpretation you could take from my facial expression. <laughs> anyway, the uh, Paladin. Uh, yes. Um, how do they deliver the boo? Uh, cure wounds, I guess. Number one, yeah. They do have yeah. it. Mm, I don't think they get a healing word, so it won't be that. Mm, how about something like Searing Smite? Searing Smite is on there, but it's not... It's at number eight. Oh, Bless. Bless is number three, so Ooh. what's number two? Crikey. Uh, protection from evil and good? Shield of Faith. Shield of Faith, of course it is. Duh. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. I should hang up my optimizing boots. What about the Ranga? Yeah, you Ranga. Know, you know I'm going to do this with all of them now. <laughs> well, it, it, it seems to make you happy. And <laughs> Simple pleasures. Simple minds. So the Rangas. Um, spells. Hunter's Mark. Yes. Cure Wounds. Yes. Mm, oh, what's it? I want to say Pass Without Trace. Yes. Oh, Top three in order. There we go. Wow. And maybe you actually are a Ranga. I resemble that remark. <laughs> just because I'm wearing a shirt, shirt that makes me Oranga. <laughs> okay, the next one is the uh, Sorcerer. <laughs> has, has made famous in Silence of the Lambs by Hannibal Lecter insisting that he wanted a plate of fava beans a chilled Sorcerer. Yes. Uh, oh, cracky Sorcerer. They don't get cure wounds. You do not. No. Um, we're excluding cantrips. Uh, Mage armor? Is in there, but not until number four. Oh, really? Brave. This feels um, like playing like, was it Family Fortunes or something like that? Yeah. Is that the yeah, one with, it, with the board? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think it might be, yeah. yeah. It's it's been been a long time. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on the board. I didn't get off it. Um, oh, uh, shield. Uh, shield is number one. Damn straight. <laughs> it's sort of useful. Mm. <laughs> Please don't Number two. Oh, number two. Crikey. Uh, magic Missile? Yes. Yeah. And then number three. Oh, crikey. Uh, absorb Elements? No, you, you had it uh, right there when you were going buh, buh, buh. Blur? No, buh, 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 buh. Oh, Burning Hands. Hey! Really? Oh, uh, uh, goodness. 
Okay, that's certainly a choice. <laughs> Next mm-hmm. is the Warlock. <laughs> well, Hex. <laughs> uh, Hex is number two. Number two? It's not number one. Shield. No, it can't be Shield. It's not on the Warlock list. Uh, Shield is there, number nine. Yeah, yeah, it's on the Hexblade list. Um, so it, it's not on the regular Warlock list. Um, it just says Warlocks. All Warlocks. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, Russ, like, you know, so you know. Uh, Armour of Agathis? Is, yes, it's there, but it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Ooh. Um, Charm Person? It is there, but it's number four. Good, good. You haven't got any of the top three yet? No, that's interesting. Did I say Shield? You I didn't, did. but it's number nine. Oh, yeah, Shield is number nine. Oh, of course, yeah, because I was still wrong. Still wrong, still wrong, still wrong. Moving on. Right, right. Uh, Warlock. I don't know. They don't even get Mage Armour. Um, it was not Hex. Uh, hex, dark, is num- hex, dark, is, hex is number two. Darkness? Uh, darkness is not on the list. Uh-uh. Oh, well, there we go. Um, oh, cracky. Uh, Try to just tell you. Yeah, please. Number one. Yes? It's Hellish Rebuke. Okay, yes. Number two yes. is Hex. Yeah, yeah. And number three is Misty Step. Ah, yes, yes. No, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Now the big one. Yeah. The Wizard. Wizard. The Wizard. Wizard. So what are the top three spells of the Wizard? Uh, Major Armor Shield, Misty Step. Major Armor is number three. Oh. Misty Step's not on there. What? And Shield is number two. Well, okay. Uh, so basically you've got number three, then number two. Yeah. You just need number one now. Wow, okay, I, I said the order on which I picked them. <laughs> well, you put them in reverse order. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I suppose I did. No, Misty Step I pick as number three. I picked Mage Armour at first. That's pretty important. I guess Magic Missile? Yes. There we Magic go. Missile. Magic Missile, yeah. Okay, then. Last one. Yes. This is a bit of a cheat. No. The Artificer. Or, 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 how do I pronounce that? Artificer? No, Art Artificer. He had to put a pause. Ah, no. Oh, anyway, Artificer, Artificer. You say Artificer. That'll do. There we go. Um, I don't know. Don't know what spell this is. Uh, still playtest. Cure wounds, arcane weapon, identify. In nice. Order. I think I've been the beneficiary of arcane weapon mm. because um, in my Wednesday game, someone whacked a plus one, plus one on my. Um, two-handed sword and my barbarian has been very happy about that mm. wrecking everything it's been brilliant okay um, you know mega games yes yes You're very aware cool. of mega games i played in mega games yes we've got mega games in southampton we've so, got mega games in southampton coming out on the 9th of november so white wolf yes has announced a new vampire the masquerade mega game oh yes do you want to explain what a mega game is to those listeners that might not know um, mega games are interesting. They occupy sort of the conceptual space between a tabletop game, a role playing game, and a live action role playing game. So you have uh, often around about 40 to 50 people, can be bigger, not often that smaller. And they are all split into teams and they are making decisions, making deals, talking to each other all based around a common system or world that's been presented to them. It's uh, it's quite an experience. So the mega game concept yes. was created by, uh, well, the term was created by uh, a guy called Andy Callan in 1980. Um, 
Yes, I suppose I can sort of see that could be a thing that could be said. They are descended rather more accurately from uh, military training exercises. Mm. Um, but yeah, has our the term? I mean. Oh yeah, sure. If he, yeah, if there's the first person to actually use the term mega game, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so this one is this particular mega game is being developed by uh, Ben Canados of Everything Epic. Uh, four to thirty-two players. Mm-hmm. Um, four to thirty-two. Four to thirty-two. Four is not a mega game. Well, that's, that's a um, game. Yeah, <laughs> I believe you. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's oh, going to be a Kickstarter for it. Okay. It's planned for June. Okay. It's successful. The game is going to be out a year later. What's it called? Um, Blood Feud. Oh, well, then you said both those words properly. Blood. <laughs> Blood Feud. Blood Feud. <laughs> Blood Feud. Blood Feud. <laughs> Did you know that this month is the John Focus. Carter of Mars month? At least according to Modiphius, it is. I did not know that, but John Carter of Mars is a lovely property. Very keen on that. So, um, they've, over the next month, or this coming, or the month that we're in, uh, the Modifius is having a slew of content releases mm-hmm. over the next few weeks in, center, uh, in celebration of their John Carter of Mars month. Like their 2D20 stuff? Um, yes, yeah. Um, so obviously it's a pulp action adventure RPG, which Marvelous. I'm sure everybody knows. So included it's, amongst the things they're doing over yeah. the next month. Um, I mean, John Carter of Mars being like, what's it, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, I believe? Edgar. Edgar, whatever. Anyway, ERP, uh, yeah. Anyway, the point for these books is over the next month. Yes, uh, Modiphius yes. are releasing a live play video of John Carter <gasps> of Mars Ooh. being played from Modiphius HQ bum, bum, bum. with their fabulous GM Virginia at the helm. Excellent. I'm assuming her name is Virginia and she's at the helm, and her name isn't Virginia at the helm. Well, that would be an awesome name. But um, so also two of the designers behind the game, yes. Jack Norris, yes, and Ben Gray. We'll be writing about their experience of designing John Carter of Mars. Okay. Um, there's going to be some fabulously detailed art from the core John Carter of Mars box in a series of flip-through videos. Mm-hmm. Um, their in-house art director is Katia Thomas mm-hmm. and has a diverse team of artists all over the world. Nice. Um, and for those interested in running John Carter of Mars, there'll be a video tutorial on how to use the narrator's toolkit. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. Uh, and if you want to learn how how to play as an adventurer, mm-hmm. there's going to be a tutorial video on uh, how to best use the as yet unreleased John Carter of Mars Players Toolkit to build and roleplay your characters. Mm. There you go. Lots of John Carter of Mars stuff. Yes, that that sounds very interesting. Yes. So, DM screens and maps. Oh, there you're talking. Of ships and the sea. Ah, yes. Splish Splash. Yes. So, Gale Force 9, yes. in June, will be releasing nice. a Of Ships and the Sea Dungeon Master screen. Marvellous. It's interesting. It's the first time they've not called it the same as oh, the yeah. adventure. Because it'd be Ghost of Saltmarsh, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because yeah. normally they release one like at the same mm. time as the adventure, and it's yeah. named the same thing. Mm. They're calling this one Of Ships and the Sea instead. Sweet. I wonder why they're doing that, though. Maybe they want people to buy it who don't necessarily... Because Ghost of Saltmarsh does not say to me, if we're doing the guest kicks ass game, I had Ghost of Saltmarsh, I guess it was something about ghosts. Whereas if you say of ships in the sea, it says, if you're running nautical-themed D&D, bish bosh. 
Well, this contains yes. handy references, Ooh. always good, uh, to help the DM run sea escapades, including a list of random ships, mm-hmm. common water-based encounters and hazards, mm-hmm. and other things a ship-bound crew may face. Absolutely. And also, there's the official D&D Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide Faroon map. Oh, yes, yeah. So it's 27 by 33 inches. Mm-hmm. It's uh, made of vinyl. Mm-hmm. And uh, it costs $35. Whoopee. Hmm. You don't sound very excited. Um, yeah, like I say, uh, Forgotten Realms is a place... Uh, I mean, I played Baldur's Gate and the Sword Coast expansion, so mm-hmm. I would expect to remember a lot more about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, yes, uh, a D&D screen, a DM screen for Seaborn Adventures is quite interesting. Hmm. It's an anime... Oh, yes? RPG. Yes. Coming to tabletop RPGs. Okay. Um, it is called Big Eyes, Small Get Small Games. Big Eyes, Small Brains. Oh, okay. Not the Big Eyes, Small Mouth, which is the other anime RPG yes. that I'm aware of. Uh, so two anime industry veterans yes. are bringing the tongue-in-cheek realm Abika to game nights. Okay. Do you know what that is? No. I don't either. No. But... Um, I'm sure they'll explain it in... Detail and... There's a nice big press release here. Marvellous. Well, they do explain it in detail. Excellent. Uh, Games are transported to the mythical world of Abika, where anime fantasies come to life. Idols pack the big stage at the Bukudan, as magical senshi protect peace and justice from evildoers everywhere. It's a a world packed with references and in-jokes, which will have new and old fans alike smiling and debating. As they uncover the mysteries of the world. Alrighty. Well, I like the idea of that. An RPG designed to provoke debate. <laughs> that is certainly something you could say about it. Yes. Well, there we go. Alrighty. Big eyes, small brains. Yes. Big eyes, small brains. Uh, so, do you remember the D&D stream of many eyes last year? Um, I am aware of its existence. It was the big stream where they announced the storyline last year. Yes. And they announced in advance... Yes. When they would be announcing the storyline. Yes, we've got that important pre-announcement uh, for off going, yeah. Yeah, so we've got one of those this year as well. But Quite anyway, exciting. so Stream of Many Eyes was last year's one. Yes. Held in LA, and there was a bunch of um, yes. comedians. We, and we, we talked about this last week. It's $300 yeah. a ticket. Uh, they've got a big show going on. Yeah. Be, uh, what's it? It was a Descent or something like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, last year's, um, the, uh, Wizards of the Coast has won uh, an award for it. Okay. It is uh, the event experiential category okay. of the American Drum Awards. And the Drum is a popular marketing magazine. Well, well done to Wizards of the Coast. And it was uh, Wizards of the Coast in-house marketing team that won the award. Yes, well, well played. Their recognition, their hard work has been recognised. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Have you seen these uh, D&D class posters? I have not. These are quite cool. Okay. So, basically, um, it's one for each class, and it's by a freelance artist, mm-hmm. a Swiss freelance artist, yes. called uh, Maria Christina Gugliotta. Nice. And they're just kind of silhouettes of each class. So, like, you've got the barbarian there. Oh, yeah, yeah, sort of. And then you've got the bard. I like, I like the colours. You can see the bards leaning against the playing, playing some music. Druid there with a... Um, um, some sort of periton or like giant bird or whatever. I like the monk. The monk's my favourite one, I think. Oh, yes, yeah. It's really leaning into that oriental theme. Yeah, which yeah. Is, 
Goad in the background. The Paladin. Yes, yeah. Ranger. Rogue. Yeah. Sorcerer. Uh-huh. Warlock. Wizard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're quite nice. I like yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perfect for podcasting, obviously. Hmm. Yeah. So what do you get, right, if you cross Critical Role with Game of Thrones? A woolly jumper. This is what you get. Oh, oh, all right. But of course, you're not particularly familiar with um, Game of Thrones, so you won't get this at all. But this is the opening yeah. sequence of Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. And uh, I've, I've muted it, so... Yeah. But basically, the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. um, um, music is playing. Yes. And then the camera's sort of swooping around and all these things are popping up, like in like, like in Game of Thrones. Yeah. You have to see it to get what I'm saying. I can't describe it. But we'll put a link in the show notes. But yeah. basically, it's... It's it, a typical Game of Thrones opening sequence, but instead of the Game of Thrones symbology... They are throwing in the characters from Critical Role. Yes. Okay. It's really well done. No, it looks very nice. Yeah. It's sort of a um, paper cutout style This is just a fan-made thing as well. There's no, oh, there's yeah. no company behind this. Pike Trickfoot. Yeah. A Grog Stronghold. It's very impressive. Oh, yes, I'll stick a link in the show notes to that. Yeah, it's quite pretty. Yeah. I don't think you have to be a fan of either the show to really appreciate that. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I, think that's, that's right. I think that's probably it for the week. Marvellous. For the news this week. Huzzah! <laughs> Let's play our favourite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and Peter tries to guess what the Kickstarter was about from just the name. Oh, is that what I'm supposed to be trying to do? Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's why you failed so badly for the last 45 weeks or however long it is. Well, except for those times when I did amazingly, but that was more <laughs> luck than judgment. Yes. Twas ever thus. Let's have a look. What do we have here? I'm going to miss out this first one because I know you know what it is. It's Critical Role, The Legend of Vox Machina Animated Special. Mm. You know exactly what that is. So we're going to skip straight uh, ahead. How much... Oh, could, but could we just have a quick pause? How much money have they made now? You have to guess. There you go. You get an extra oh. point if you can guess. Uh-oh. 36 million. Dollars or pounds? Mm. Dollars. It has made $9,780,137. Oh, okay. And it has three days left to go. Probably not going to make 36 million. Probably not. It's definitely... Okay, it's going to hit around about 12, maybe. 12 million for an animated series. Yeah. Get in. What is... Yes? Hidden Oddities, a witch's primer. Mm, nice. Um, I'm hoping it is some sort of source book to give you lots of interesting ideas for... Um, MacGuffins and spell foci and ingredients and just all the sort of real full-on Ayers Newt, Mandrake Root, um, Winger Bat, all that sort of jazz uh, for um, game systems uh, and like give you ideas about how to use them in games. Hmm. Hmm. Give you a half point. Five. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Okay. So it's for D&D fifth edition mm-hmm. and it is a witch class. Okay. Uh, so not only is it just what, a witch class what, which class is it <laughs> it's so funny uh, so um, it's a, a witch uh, class uh, 11 new archetypes called sacred secrets ooh. 2 new backgrounds ooh. 100 plus new spells mm. new items that any spellcaster could benefit from interesting and advice on how to place witches into your world okay 100 new spells mm. right oh, I'm sure it'll be an exciting kickstarter and if you want to have witches and ghoulies and ghost, goblins and ghosties and all that sort of jazz, then I'm sure they've got, you familiar, they've got you covered. I bet it's got exciting rules for familiars in as well. Probably. Okay, next I'd one. I'd be disappointed if it didn't. Come next on, one. hit me. 
What is Ruin Masters? Ooh. Um, I think this is a role-playing game. It is a role-playing game. With a new setting. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's probably some sort of fairly rules-like, fast and furious sort of jazz where you are going and exploring, uh, doing, doing dungeon crawls at high speeds. Hmm. Hmm. So what it is, yep. it's a Swedish role-playing game. Nice. First published in 1982 called Drakar och Demoner. Okay. Demoner, something uh, like that. Apologies to our Swedish listeners. Mm-hmm. Or alternatively, uh, for us to pronounce that completely correctly, write in and say well done. Yes. Do you think we have any Swedish listeners? Let's see why not. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, so... Yeah, it's a, a classic fantasy role-playing game. Uh-huh. Um, it was originally inspired by basic role-playing and RuneQuest back in the back in the eighties. Okay, and uh, this is a this is a new edition and an expansion of the system. Okay, with an updated and redesigned English version. How exciting! Um, it's um, got the same artist who did uh, Trudvang Cro- uh, Chronicles, which was gorgeous. Mm. Remember that one. All of these Swedish things are gorgeous. I, I've but heard of the Tridvan Chronicles, but I don't, I don't think I've seen it. But yeah, very, very pretty. It, it very is, pretty. it is true. The Swedes do do know how to go. Tridvan Chronicles was voted the most anticipated game of 2017 by mm. Ian World. Nice. And also Lex Occultum. Do you remember that one? Oh, we did a kick, guess the Kickstarter about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hidden Law. Um, no, I'm thinking Lex Magica. Tell me about Lex Occultum. Oh, was that the Victorian? There were a few with Lex in, yeah. 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 Um, There's a lot of lore going around. Yeah. Words, um, so, yeah, uh, two points out of ten for that, I'm afraid. Yeah, happens. Okay. Yes. You might do better with this one. This is good. You can like this one. Am I? Oh. Castles and Cats. Oh, God. I do so, like you do one. like it, don't you? I, I told do you like you it. Told you you would. I do like it. Um, I think this is a... Uh, source book and I think it's got lots of information about castles and cats actually you know scratch that that's boring let's have <laughs> an RPG which is where you play um, sentient mice who are going full mouse guard about the complications of mouse guard and like you're doing desperate battles you all sorts of rodents let's open it up and you're dealing with the terrifying monsters that are the feline predators and making way through um castles yeah let's go with that okay so it's an original tabletop rpg yes so you got that right Woo-hoo. for preschool and elementary age children okay what's elementary age um oh that's um primary school primary school yeah why do americans use strange words mm-hmm. anyway i think we're done in our favorite game of all the world okay um let's move on then shall we i think we should all right let's do that then. yes <laughs> Let's do that. Should we do a sketch? Oh, go on. I'll do a sketch. Okay. I'd like to say we have got two sketches in from uh, listeners this we week. Do very we generous. Do. Uh, one is um, from our friend Shane Stacks. Yes, thanks, Shane. Um, we're going to do that one today because we knew he was sending it in. Yes. And we set it up last week, as you're going to realise when you hear it. Yes. So we're going to do that one today. Um, we did actually get one in earlier in the week. Yes. That was from... Uh, Richard Kirk. Yeah, thank we'll you do, which, Richard. We'll, which is also awesome. Yes. Um, and we'll do that one next week. Yes, yes. Uh, it's all looking very exciting. Thank you so much for all the creativity that you've uh, decided to show us. 
We very much appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Richard did um, did say um, he'll keep them coming as and when he has an idea. Though he says that our D&D announcement, announcement teaser sketch may be the best sketch you've ever put out. So I'm going to have to raise my game. <laughs> <laughs> Long-time listeners will be familiar with Dr. Phileas Blakemore, who is the Monst- therapist to the monsters. Yes. Monster therapist. Monster, monster psychiatrist. Yes. Um, he has uh, previously given advice to, I believe, a troll, a dragon. Yes, and... An orc. An orc with anger issues. Don't forget anger issues. Well, they're just yeah. angry enough. Dr. Blakemore, thank you so much for coming. I've really been needing to talk to someone, and I hear you are the expert for unusual patients. My pleasure, my good man... Uh, Structure. Uh, given the circumstances, you couldn't really come to me after all. Ha ha ha. Intriguing. I didn't expect this much emotion, giving your rather. Uh... Oh, with nature, it's okay. You can say it. I know who I am. Everyone knows. It's part of the problem. Yes, I see. I think it might be best if we started at the beginning. Should I sit inside there, or...? Yes, please feel free. It's part of why I exist, after all. I hear my benches are rather comfy. Right. Ah. Yes, rather nice. And you didn't even make an honest pavilion out of me first. Shocking, Doctor. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, it's quite all right. Just having a spot of fun. See, uh, you rather got me, I suppose. Gazebo humour, you know. As long as we're so intimate now, you may as well call me Gaz. As you wish, uh, Gaz. So... Uh, tell me, tell me your problem uh, from the beginning. Right. Let's see. These are my lord's lands. He had me built as a nice spot for his subjects to rest and enjoy the view on a lovely jaunt about. It is a rather nice garden and view. Oh, thank you. My family is very proud, or rather, were proud. Hmm, I take it something unfortunate happened. Yes, something or rather, someone. I see. Adventurers, Doctor. Oh dear. Adventurers crossed my lord's lands and spied me while doing so. Ah, So they, what, took a rest? They might have. They might have, Doctor, if not for that so-called paladin. Somehow mistaking me for a big-eyed monster from some random encounter table. Oh, I'm sure the adventuring party itself was fine. No worries there. Even the worst murder hobos don't stack everything. Hey, it's a gazebo. Yup. Nice gazebos, gazebos go. Should we stop for a spot of tea? Don't mind if we do. This. Is what one would expect, but he was among them. Eric. I see. 
Eric. The Dread Eric. Um, usually, that is as he's known to us pavilion folk now. Mangy, rusty armor, clanking, human and his bow and arrows. Do you see that? That arrow? That arrow right there sticking out of me. This was years ago when that lunkhead of a dunce paladin shot me with it. And no one has ever bothered to remove it. Oh, a gazebo's just a, well, gazebo. He's got no feelings. Well, to be fair, you, you have to admit, uh, you, you are after all, I mean... I, I don't suppose you would mind. Hmm? You know, the arrow. It's plus three, you know. Probably worth gold piece or two. Uh, oh, oh my word, no. I mean, I'm licensed as a counsellor and can prescribe certain potions, salves and poultices related to brain fevers and certain game conditions. Like, But I'm afraid if anyone discovered I performed even minor surgical services for a client, the review board would have my head. And I'm not speaking figuratively, this being a faux medieval inspired setting and all. Oh, you can't fault a pavilion for trying. You know, this tale sounds familiar. Of course it does. That's the whole point. Do you mean to tell me that you're... Yes, Doctor. Oh, you see now. Everyone tells the story of Eric and the Dread Gazebo. I'm no longer fulfilling my calling as a pavilion of gardenly respite. I'm the laughing stock of the role-playing world. My family barely talks to me anymore. I would hardly say that. In fact, I think Eric's behaviour is, is the point of the tale. I always found your part rather heroically stoic. You're educated and a man of uncommon wisdom, Doctor. Everyone else. Oh... It's so funny a gazebo could be a wandering monster. People only come by to ogle me and giggle. It's becoming an embarrassment to my lord and his wife. I can't bear it any longer. The other day a bunch of halflings came along and took selfies, acting like I was about to attack them. That's when I called for you. It was the last straw. Hmm. I mean, really. The Dread Eric calls his running away act, and supposedly something dramatic happens to the effect of the gazebo awakens and it eats you. Where do people get this stuff? Can you imagine? As if I wasn't already awake. Hmm. I didn't, you know. Huh? What? Awaken? Eat him! Eat him! Why well, didn't eat the paladin or his party or the blasted horse he rode in on? Oh dear. No one ever considers my feelings. They don't even think I have any. Not even the lord of these lands. No matter how many times I've tried to tell everyone. And an arrow! An arrow! Can you believe that then they have the temerity to say I'm the monster or just make me the butt of their stupid online anecdotes? 
Seems this is going to be one of those cases. Oh, I'll sending stone to Martha that I won't make dinner and... Oh, won't she be thrilled about that after last week's session with that mimic in the tavern. Kept me away for two evenings. Let's see, let's see. Where is my bag of holding? This requires a spot of tea. Ah, so Russ, what shall we talk about this week? Mm. You know, I was over at Dunmortar the other day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I spotted there? What did you spot there? Some danger. Oh. I spotted some danger at Dunwater. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Wait, where is Dunwater? That's not a local place. <laughs> I have been bamboozled. Um, so what I am, of course, talking about is Dungeon Module U2. Ah, Danger at Dunwater. Danger at Dunwater, which is the <sighs> sequel to The Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago. That's an alliterative name. I love it. It is, it is. Yes. Um, so it follows on directly because it's the second in the trilogy. Yes. Um, the last one is uh, Module U3, the final enemy, uh, which we'll look at some other time. Yes. But today it's Danger at Dunwater. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. excited? I'm super excited. I can tell you're excited. Yes, absolutely. So the reason we're looking at these, of course, is because in the upcoming Ghosts of Saltmarsh... Yes. Uh, there is going these three adventures are going to be found within that book updated to 5th edition I know um, possibly changed possibly expanded who knows but we're talking about the original modules upon which those will be based yes it's second edition goodness first edition first edition mm. wow I'm just out of date aren't I there you are I am yeah I should totally run these in Savage Worlds you could mm. run these in Savage Worlds and why not you could try running them in first edition just for a laugh I could. That's the thing I could do. That's, uh, but anyway, uh, certainly if I tried to, if I said I'm running a game of Dungeons and Dragons at my club and was not running fifth edition, I think they would actually take me outside you, and shoot if, me. If it was new players, they wouldn't know. I, I think they might guess. How would they guess? Because I'd be holding some very old documentation. <laughs> I'd be like, that doesn't look like a player's handbook. It doesn't. It has player's handbook on the front cover of it. If it's not, yeah, sure. Well, anyway, we digress. Anyway, Danger of Dunwater. So I've got some sort of merman on the front cover. Oh, so we should say before we start, yes. spoilerific. Oh, so many spoilers. Uh, like the previous adventure, it has a twist in it. Yeah, if you if you want to play the Ghost of Sport Marsh, we should probably mention this like about 20 minutes ago, but how, um, yeah, major spoilers for uh, Ghost of Sport Marsh, the upcoming D&D product, we assume. And should also... A quick recap of the previous one, well, just to that, remind people. Well, actually, that's one of the good things about it, because the very first part of the uh, module is they do a little synopsis hmm. about how the Town Council of Saltmarsh, which, as you will recall, uh, you were expected to generate entirely on and your own. And the map of Saltmarsh. And the map of Saltmarsh. Which is an instruction this module repeats. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So, like, I suppose you could... Gen- so, Saltmarsh... Saltmarsh is really everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the Sinister Secret Saltmarsh, it was a haunted house. Yes. Turned out not to be haunted. Turned out to be an um, illusionist making bum, bum. haunting sounds in order to frighten the villagers away from the smugglers Ooh. who were using it as yes. a base of operations. Yes. Uh, and then, Classic Scooby-Doo. And then you uh, discovered the smugglers were um, smuggling weapons yes. um, to lizard folk, or lizard men as they were called back then. Yes. And uh, via the ghost, uh, was it the night ghost, their ship, which was moored just off. Oh, uh, yes, sir. 
the which you launched a uh, aquatic assault on mm. amphibious assault on yes oh yeah, yeah. yeah. going full commando there <laughs> so this 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 adventure ah fireball starts off <laughs> after the end of the previous one mm-hmm. and um, these lizard men which yes. include female lizard men lizard folk <laughs> well they're lizard yeah. men in this they become okay. lizard folk in later editions of D&D when they realise so the town council has realised yes. that there's a load of lizard men nearby near yes. the town of Saltmarsh mm-hmm. and it looks like they're arming up and preparing for an invasion ooh scary and so they call upon the trusty adventurers who saved them last time yes and ask <laughs> these adventurers to go and check them out yeah and so the adventurers do nice so they trot off uh-huh. to the Lizard Man Lair. Yes. And there's a big cave complex for which there is a lovely blue map. There is. It's very striking blue. Um, oh, goodness, that's... Ooh. They were all back were blue like that back then. It was part of the uh, printing method, I think, was, uh-huh. um, was how, how maps were done. So you always got these blue and white maps. Nice. I mean, we're looking at a dungeon that's on the scale of uh, one of the levels from the Dungeons of the Mad Mage, quite frankly, just in the, uh, the length and width of it. Maybe I no, wouldn't say quite so much. Maybe <coughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, it's like a something like fifty-five foot squares, two hundred fifty foot by yeah. another what two hundred foot. So yeah, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we have got this dungeon complex, all these rooms and all this stuff like that. So it's an underground complex mm-hmm. where the lizards have made their lair and their base of operations. Some sort of dungeon, you say? Uh, some sort of dungeon, you say? And you yeah. got you got various locations. So you got um. Uh, barracks and you've got like a throne room and you've got um, shaman's quarters and all this sort of stuff in there mm-hmm. now there is a big big twist though ah. so you fight your way through the dungeon and okay. you meet all these lizard men and all this stuff and yeah. um, I think there's some um, giant lizards in there and there's some I, manta rays and all sorts of different sort of sort of semi-aquatic creatures I, I'm seeing that there will be a bullywug ambush there's uh, so on the way there yes, yes you get ambushed because right so there's 25 bullywugs I remember yes. seeing this oh. so there's 25 bullywugs you get ambushed by that's a lot of frogs now if you remember the first adventure was for 5 to 10 PCs yes this is also for 5 to 10 PCs okay so it's like between 5 to 2.5 bullywugs per person <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a lot of fighting still <laughs> that combat's going to take several sessions yeah um, still, anyway, um, so you get ambushed by Bollywoods on the way there. Then yes. you get to the Lizards, Lizardmen's um, cave complex. Yes. And you, uh, you you go into there and you you start poking around and killing Lizardmen and all that sort of stuff and taking their stuff. Ah. Uh, as, as, as one does. Traditional murder heroism. And then the, the twist happens. <gasps> ba, ba, ba. The Lizardmen aren't the bad guys. Oh, so that and you've we're been the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. it turns, so, so the big twist is when you finally. Uh, so there's a there's a minister, a lizard man minister in there, yep. which is the first clue. When you go in there, he's reading books on diplomacy, and he's like, he doesn't fight you, and if you kill him, he doesn't resist. Oh, like that. so pacifist lizard man. Yeah. Satisfying. And then when you when you meet the lizard man chieftain again, you you can sort of find this out. And there's there's a few rooms where you go in there, and there's just like lizard man children, uh-huh. and. That the dungeon master must on no account reveal to the party that the lizard men constitute no real threat to Saltmarsh or its inhabitants, nor that the newly purchased weaponry is not primarily for use against humanity or its allied races. Yes, exactly. So Dang, the problem so. is, the dastardly Sahuagin, if that's how you pronounce oh, that word. Yeah, the shock, shock monsters. Yes. Yeah. Um, they have um, driven the lizard men away from their own home. Ah. <gasps> So this is a temporary home for the lizard men, which mm-hmm. is why the town council hadn't spotted them before. Ah. And they're basically refugees. Oh. And they're arming up and they're going to go and try and take their home back. 
And not um, only that, they're trying to make an alliance with yes. other aquatic creatures. Ooh. So the merfolk. Yes. Um, and um, Maybe some bullywogs? Uh, not the bullywogs. I can't remember okay. who the other ones were offhand. I'd have to look at uh, it. This man, placement of losses. Bah, bah, bah. Who have we got? Okay, so we've got the... Just leafing through the adventure. You can see, like, there's throne rooms, shaman's quarters. Oh, well, yeah. Um, there's some giant lizards there. Ah, uh, Cave of the Giant Lizards. There's a classic fighter going, oh, oh, no, I think that must be a rogue or something. Clutching his knife, going, oh, I regret everything. Mm. Uh, guitar. A harem? <laughs> a harem. Of course, yes. A harem full of lizards. <laughs> Lizard folk. I'm sure that goes well. Then you've got the minister there, look, that I spoke about. Ah, uh, yes, yes, Lizma. The Politics of Power by Lorenzo Dimitri. Yeah. And the Transfer of Diplomacy by Tyron Scoot. <laughs> Marvellous. And then you keep going. And then, so there's the Coalinths. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's the Merfolk. No, I'm thinking of sealer camps. That's different. That's fish. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, Locathars. Ooh. I don't know what either of those things are. Yeah. Oh, a Merman. I know what those are. You know what a Merman is, yeah. Yeah. And so they're forming an alliance... Yes. In order to fight back against the Sahuagin. Yes, nice. And that's basically the plot. And eventually you can um, talk to the chieftain. Yes. And um, step back from the breach of basically committing genocide. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the chieftain demands a price. So A, you've got to return any treasure that you've nicked. Yeah. Which I suppose seems fair enough. Yeah. But you've also got to pay 10 gold for every lizard man that you killed. Dang, son. Um, concluding notes. It is possible that a party will ignore or fail to recognise the various clues about the true nature of the Lizardmen's intentions. In which case, they might rampage through the lair, killing and looting, making no attempt to enter into the alliance with any of the races present. Perhaps failing to recognise that the opportunity to ally exists at all. <laughs> In such an event, if the DM wants the party to continue their adventures, in module U3, the final enemy... A rationale for doing so must be provided. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be nice if it provided the rationale, but no. Oh, oh no, it does. It does provide several oh, options. Yeah, um, it assumes there has been wholesale slaughter in the lair and that none of the lair's occupants has escaped to tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> Players, eh? Uh, yeah. Uh, like, Mermen can arrive asking to meet the council or they... Merman explain the dangers of the Sahuagin or whoever they are and inform the council of the alliance the lizardmen had initiated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they go on to add that the Sahuagin appear to have discovered this plot since the lizardman's lair has been attacked in strength. Hmm. Oh, the place has been plundered and no survivors live to tell the tale. <laughs> so that's basically it. That's the adventure. It's not It's not a very long or complex adventure. It's uh... No, it's basically, are you murder-hobooing along quite happily? And then they've got this optional two-page um, sort of sub-adventure. You know, funny little thing near the end. Which yeah. features an oriental dragon. Okay. Uh, that is not an oriental dragon. It's not really long enough. Maybe it's the Lizman chief. Um, I don't know who that is. No, that's some dude. Yes. Oh. That's a Komodo dragon. And a giant crocodile, apparently. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, art. And there we go. That mm. is um, Danger at Dunwarden. I mean, there's not a massive amount to say about it, to be honest. It's quite a no. simple adventure. You go into the Lizardman lair, you either kill everything or you don't. The, the, the big problem I would have with this adventure, uh, I think, yeah. these days, I think there's a good chance yeah. that players might actually start off by talking. And if they did mm. that, there's no adventure. <laughs> 
but it, it's got the potential of going very short mm. or very wrong. Yeah. It's a high-risk adventure. Yeah, exactly. High-risk adventure. Yeah. <laughs> this is by Don Turnbull, who is yes. that guy who did the previous one. Yes. And also Dave J. Brown. Marvellous. Yeah, no, it's, um, it looks like quite, 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 quite the uh, nice piece of work. Uh, it's got like a lovely back cover as well of it's getting a bit busy. Some sort of lizardman trying to eat a magic user whilst being stabbed multiple times. I mean, quite frankly, looking at it through lizardman eyes, that's some poor lizardman getting mugged by uh, some yeah. filthy humans or humans or elves. Yeah. Uh, keep your uh, okay. And uh, I guess we've got what's that? An alternative cover here. I guess. Yeah, okay. Interesting stuff. Um, and this, of course, uh, you were able to... This one you didn't actually have in your collection, but you obtained from drive Through RPG. Correct. Yeah. Uh, what, what What did you think of the whole drive Through RPG experience? What What's the main differences, in your opinion, between like a physical copy that you print out and um, like just purchasing it through PDF? Um... I, I prefer to have the object, mm-hmm. just because I'm a, a little bit of a collector as well. Yeah, yeah. So I would always prefer to have the actual original module rather than a printout or, or the PDF. And I don't really use PDFs that much. I find them hard to sort of... Mm, scrolling you know, through. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I find it quicker and easier to flick through a book than I do a PDF. Yeah, I, Even with bookmarks and all the different things that you can do with PDFs, I still find a book. As long as you know the book, yeah. it's still quicker to use the book in my mind. But uh, indeed, like I think it's one of those things that more familiarity. I didn't actually properly step on the path of becoming like really into the rules of a game mm. until I was actually doing an online game of Death Watch, mm. and as part of that, we were using the Fantasy Flight game, which um, did not have, let's say, the best index in the world. Mm. And since I was on my computer anyway, and had got a PDF of the game from Drive Through RPG. Anyway, mm-hmm. Control Find became my friend. And yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, okay, well, I can't find it in the index. I'll just Control Find and mm-hmm. then blam. Well, for me, a lot of the time, basically, I'm going to be at a game table. So I'm going to be using an iPad or something like that. Mm-hmm. And with books, you can have more than one open at a time. With an iPad, yes. really, you can only have one. You can have more than one PDF open at a time, but you're still going to flick between them. And it's just easier when you just got two books open in front of you. Yes. So well, if, I, if I needed like a module and a rule book yes. open at the same time... Anarchy. Yeah. How's one to survive? Yeah. So yeah, I, I prefer I prefer the physical object like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and certainly, it's possible to then do things like if you're running a fight. Uh, certainly, with things like the Adventurous League modules, they have the statistics for the monsters printed at the back, mm. and because it's on like pieces of paper, you can just draw them out and then uh, uh, use the actual page there to run the fight off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, Oh, they've got a scimitar plus two in here. Lucky, lucky you. Yeah, I know. That's an Oriental Dragon layer, but still, still. Yeah. Pretty nice. Um, are there, is there anything, is there anything that really leaps out? I mean, the artwork is, is pleasant, but very varied in style. Yes. And it's all black and white, obviously, because it's yeah. an old, old module. Oh, of course. That's just like a relic of the time and so forth. What is interesting is how all the the layout. I mean, this is before desktop publishing existed. Yes. So a, a lot of this would be physically laid out. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so you've got your two columns. You don't tend to get any of the sort of fancy art that crosses columns <laughs> and or yes. words sort of going around or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's all kind of like a piece of art will literally be in the column. Yes. With text above and below it. Yeah, no, that's true, actually. That's... Um uh, watermarks, I want to say. Is that the right thing? Yeah. Or when you've got right, sort of yeah. background art. Yeah, background art, yeah. 
it's uh, it goes, there's a lot of D&D tradition going on here. You've got like the box text to tell you uh, what's going on. Um, and in traditional D&D style, it describes the room. And then at the very end, it says that, oh, by the way, there's some big creatures here. So, yeah. Is there? Oh, hmm. God, that one actually literally does look. This big, big description. Okay. Yeah. Entrance 34. So this is like 10, 15 lines of description. Yeah. Telling you about um, the height of it and where yeah. the narrow stone pathway connects to two arched entrances. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Then right at the end, it mentions three huge shapes looming up before you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be the first thing I noticed. Yeah, oh, that's, that's the same site. But again, it does the same, like 12, ten, five, five, ten lines. And then says, oh, by the way, three huge shapes loom up before you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, I mean, that is quite a common style of doing it, which um, is... Oh, here we go. There uh, is another one. Yeah. Banquet hall. Big, long paragraph talking about long, plain wooden tables and mm-hmm. um, a large wooden chair it and these, be- these things flagging a large chair and four slightly smaller chairs and what's on the tables and a variety of earthenware pots and jars and plates oh, and the trenchers okay. and the woven baskets and the loaves and the uh, east and the west walls have tall wooden cupboards. Oh, and also, right at the end... Why is it? It's yeah. like right at the end. Uh, like, yeah, I think I'd notice that first. No, it's like yeah, it's uh, it, it's tricky because then you run the risk of like leaping into a combat because people are like ah attack attack attack. Mm. But yeah. oh, really, there's nine lizard men warriors here. Yes, being formed up by an officer for patrol duties. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you've got to talk about these fifteen straw mattresses first. Yeah, where they're placed around the room and where that chest is. That's important information. That the players need to know. Yes, before they notice <laughs> the nine lizard men warriors being formed up by an officer for patrol duties. Oh, and in fact, there's 11 because there's another lizard man dressed in the robe. So, probably some sort of spellcaster. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, 11 lizard men, 15 mates, something's not adding up here. <laughs> but still, uh, what can you yeah. say? What, can you say? what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And there you go, that's, that's basically it. I mean, there's not, yeah. there's not an awful lot to say. Well, there is one, one other thing about oh, yeah, it. There's okay. two factions in the Lizardmen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got the Chieftain uh-huh. and uh, his faction, and mm-hmm. he's all about um, making an alliance with all these other aquatic races yeah. to defend against the Sahuagin. He's basically a coalition builder. Yeah. Yes. Whereas you've got the Shamans. Oh. Who are real sort of racist, nationalistic... Um, protectionist types okay. who believe that allying with another race mm-hmm. would be against their religion and their tradition mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff and they they don't want anything to do with this alliance with the mermen and uh-huh. the, keep and the lizard land lizard yeah 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 oh, basically yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, make lizard land make, lizard again yeah make lizard folk great again, again. Yeah. yeah anyway and so um, oh political oh yeah yeah, um, yeah so that's, that's the shamans there mm-hmm. and yeah, so there's a li- there's a little bit of sort of tribal infighting going on in the background, but it's not a major major sort of thrust of the story. It's just there in the background. Yeah, so you can you can you can. I think if I was running it, I'd amplify it and make it more of a social adventure. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. And there's so actually quite nice stuff here because uh, it's describing a marsh, which is um, it's like not a place that I have been many times, but it's nice to see like a marsh because like a British marshland. Uh, and this this sort of feels like it's set in Britain. That makes sense. These are. Um, yeah. it, it basically says, from, um, mm. basically the setting of this is to pick any sort of coastal um, English fi- fishing village. Yes. That's where that's where this is set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can see that. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, the the description is very 
uh, accurate to that. It's sort of I, I'm sort of recognising the place mm. as opposed to it being sort of the yeah. It's it's, it's, fan- it's, it's not fancy America fishing village. No, it's <laughs> which it's is what the Forgotten Realms have become. But it's actually a more recognisable fantasy British village. There is there is where is the specific thing? Where is it? Mm-hmm. It's something about it's a 14th century maybe right British fishing village somewhere. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go. In general, be guided by any small south coast English fishing town of the 14th century and with population <laughs> about 2,000. <laughs> okay, so basically Southampton. Um, Might yeah, be a bit, bit bigger. No, Southampton's a bit bigger. Um, Weymouth, maybe. Yeah, Southampton's a lot bigger than that. It's 10 times that size. Yeah. Um, Still in Portland. Well, I was thinking more places like. Well, um, 14th century. What's uh, Broadchurch? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's exactly that. It's a south coast fishing town, mm-hmm. small south coast fishing. It's obviously a fictional one, but yeah. you know, it's a small south coast fishing town. Yeah, if, church. if you're not talking about black painted timbers and white uh, whitewashed walls, then I think you're just probably doing it wrong. Well, it's pre-Georgian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It's way older than that. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what it would look like then. I don't know. Watland Orb. No. My knowledge of no, at least that old. <laughs> my knowledge of architecture is not great. Oh, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. It's like yeah can spot a Doric and an Ionian column, but that's probably a bit too early. <laughs> yeah, and that is Danger at Dunwater, the second in the Saltmarsh trilogy. Yes, yeah. Uh, and we look forward to reviewing The Final Enemy at some point. Yeah, next week or the week after. Yeah. Okay, so I guess um, I guess that's all we have to say about that, so we should probably wrap this up. I guess we should. In which case, it's been an absolute pleasure doing the podcast as always. As always, please hop on over to our Patreon. Yes, please. Um, if you could support us, that would be wonderful. And you'll hear an alternate version of our sketch. You'll hear lots of extra material which didn't end up in the final cut of the podcast. And if any of our patrons, wonderful, wonderful people that you are, have questions about role-playing games or things that you'd like to know, then please do write in and ask those questions. Uh, we are delighted to give advice where we can and where we may. And where we can't. We're still, yeah. we're still delighted to do it. We'll take a punt at it anyway. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Morris. That's M-O-R-R-U-S. And you can also contact us at morrispodcast.gmail.com. Morrispodcast.gmail.com. Yes. I had it right, confused myself, and it all went um, yeah. wrong way. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. You have been wonderful listeners, as always. Yeah, so thank you for listening. And until next week, um, I have been Russ... I've been Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I imagine you were as disappointed as I was with that podcast. I will have them tortured as usual. I think I'm going to put Russ in a small box in the basement, while Peter will be hung from the ramparts.